boys in the huddle podcast it's ricky trey and doe back for another episode we got ron voyage back in the building and we got a special guest today boxing insider he's like our chris broussard for boxing we're bringing him in mr jamal henderson what's going on baby what's good that's not disrespectful though i'm I feel like I'm a little bit better than Broussard. Well, you know what I mean. Yes, I don't really like <laughs> Broussard, so I do apologize. I'm sorry. He, he could have called you Max. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, that's true. That's true. Oh, Max Kellerman. But no, but, you know, they're yeah. the regular guests. I'm talking about when they talk basketball, they bring in Broussard as the expert. Y'all get what I'm saying. Either <laughs> way. <laughs> so we're here to talk about boxing i've been wanting to have this boxing episode for a while but most people can't talk boxing with me until i met my match mr jamal henderson tell them a little bit about your boxing pedigree and your background in the sport um yeah i'm an avid boxing fan it's my favorite sport um i've been into it since i was a kid growing up i was a big evander holyfield fan Oh, that's who um, it was? That's, that was, yeah. Mm. I, I don't know what it was, but the real deal attracted me, brought me in. Um, I felt, I kind of fell out of love with it, though, because I, I definitely rode that, that UFC hype wave when it first came through. Oh, really? Um, and then I got back into it thanks to uh, uh, Money Mayweather and Zab Judah. When they fought each other? All those two. Or just in general? For the culture. And uh, believe it or not, I wanted that dude to win that fight, but, you know. Okay. So was it them two fighting each other or just those two individual boxers that peaked? Nah, they they, they were fighting each other. I knew knew about Mayweather because I liked the guy named Diego Chico Corrales and Mayweather. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, Zab was in every rap song, he was in every rap video. Of course, you couldn't miss him. Right. So when those two squared off, that was definitely at the time that was that was the culture fight. I do remember that, but I know you as an insider, as I knew Zab didn't have no chance. Even though I wanted to see it, we all knew Zab was a front runner. I didn't, and he just come yeah. off a loss, I believe. I think he lost to Carlos Baldemir. Was it Constitution? Mm-hmm. I thought he lost to Baldemir. But that might have been later. And then Floyd yeah. ended up fighting Baldemir because he had oh, beat yeah, Zab. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get right into what happened this past weekend. So we're going to ring the bell to talk about this heavyweight. This heavyweight fight that took place between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Now, who hit you up, Jamal, on Friday and gave the prediction of Fury by knockout? Who was that? That was you. <laughs> and that was a hell of a call. Hey, yo, Ma, do me a favor. Ma, Ma, yo, Ma, just don't walk right into those. You, know, you, you got to right give credit where credit is due. That's all. <laughs> no, nah, I know, but see, you, can, you can figure out a way to you can figure out a way to side up that jab. Don't walk right into the jab, brother. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so, let me ask you this. What did you think was going to happen going into the fight? 
Uh, you asking me? Yeah. Oh man. Um. So as I, when you told me that you thought Terry was gonna walk him down and smother him, I told you I didn't really see it because it's one thing to go and train with a new trainer and and implement that strategy. Right. It's a whole nother thing to uh to do it once you started getting punched. Um, you usually revert back to what you know what to do. So I, I expect your fear to maybe give it a shot and real early and then, you know, once he got caught, started boxing. Right. Um right. and he he didn't do that. But so I expected the fight to be kind of similar to the first fight, but I thought Wilder was gonna catch him a lot earlier on, be able to touch him with some some little wrinkles that he, he started adding. Um, in his last two fights, mm-hmm. which was a left hook to the body and a, a check left hook upstairs. And I thought he was mm-hmm. going to use that to bait him into a right hand and finish him off right. in round 10. And see, what you taught me about, because I know I, I'm a I'm a serious boxing fan, but you used to actually box. You boxed at West Virginia, right? And it, I don't know if yeah. you did some of the amateur stuff, but you actually win the ring. Yeah, so that's why I told but what is setting the trap? Because that's where you, because I used to tell you, I thought Wilder was a bum. And you were like, no, nah, he's actually better than people think because he's in there setting traps, something that Joshua didn't do. Because I was saying Joshua was the man at the time. This is before he lost Ruiz. But if you're in the ring, what is, what is setting a trap? Um, So uh, uh, setting a trap is obviously, you know, setting a punch. You, you're trying to get, whether that be using, you know, decoy shots or feints, you're trying to get a reaction out of your opponent so that you can land the shot that you're looking for. Um, case in point with that, one Mayweather loves real big on that setting traps, obviously. One of the ones he used to love to do was jab to the body, jab to the head, and mix that up over the course of a few rounds. Then he would start pool counters. So he would jab, and you get used to that double up, and then he pull back, and then light you up with a right hand. Okay. Um, so it's almost like you jab right. into the body, and after a while, you're so concerned with that jab to the body, you start lowering your guard so he can set you up right. for yeah. the shot and you that know he really what, wants. What's actually funny is Wilder starts setting traps early in this fight, Nobody's gonna remember because you know all we gonna remember is he got his ass beat. But <laughs> right. if you go back to the first and second round, you'll notice that. Um, and Fury actually did an interview today in which he spoke on this, and I was actually surprised that he gave him credit for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually nobody's gonna do that. But what what Wilder did was he came out jabbing to the head and then jabbing to the body and mixing that up, and then. He, he started going jab to the body, jab to the body, and then he would move, and then he started double jabbing upstairs. And there's a point in the first round where he, he, he does it in three sequences, and then Tyson reads the and expects the double jab, mm-hmm. and Wilder lights him with a with a jab right hand. And he, he, he lands it, but he doesn't land it flush. Um, it's like a hair roll. I know what, you, what so, point you're talking about. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Does it again in the second round. Once again, a hair off. 
Um, and then low key, that's what ended up doing the men because Tyson adjusted to that um, and moved and then counted him with an angle. And that's when he started having wilder looking dumb. What, let me and ask you about that shot. A lot of, people, of the head shots. Yeah, let me ask you about that shot. Some people were saying it was behind the head, which for those that don't know, you're not supposed to hit behind the head in boxing. I thought it was right right there behind the ear, which is a legal punch, right? It wasn't behind the head from what I can right. see. Yeah. No, I mean, as a fighter, you definitely don't want that call as behind the head. So I, I understood why Wilder got up asking for it. Um, but the, the reason why you're going to lose that, that battle is, like you said, it was very close to just behind the ear. And yeah. he landed a quick little um, short shot jab yep. first mm-hmm. that bent yep. over then he landed that and that's what and kind that's of what you're not right. that benefit. yeah you're not getting that benefit of the doubt after that and if you get hit with a shot in that spot you're gonna you're like you're gonna lose all of your faculties after that right it's gonna be hard to recover from taking a hard yeah, shot in that spot right there's three spots that you you definitely don't want to get hit in um that's one of the main ones because it, it's directly correlated to your equilibrium. Um, and then you have the the uh, right, kind of like right under the ear towards the back of your jaw. Mm-hmm. That one also throws off your equilibrium. And then the top of the head. The temple shot, throws right? You off as well. Temple shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones you start seeing the, the knockouts or guys start getting them shaky legs. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about mm-hmm. these individual fighters as far as... Because I've always had a problem with Wilder, so we'll start with Wilder. And you you did say that he sets people up, he does a good job of that, that the average boxing fan is not going to see as far as setting traps. But do you think he's actually setting traps with punches? Because if you look at the Ortiz fight, it seemed like he was trying to set traps just with his ring generalship and in, in angles because he wanted to get Ortiz mm-hmm. in a certain spot and have him in a certain angle off balance to then strike. Because he's been yeah. losing a lot of rounds. Like, I don't know if he's yep. won many rounds over the past two or three fights. He's just looking to land one big shot, which I've always been told that's the worst thing a boxer can do. But for some reason, everybody's, gave him the benefit of the doubt, which I get because it is so devastating. But don't you think at some point that luck of landing that shot is bound to run out? Absolutely, as it did. (laughs) Um, Well, that's why I picked Fury. um, Because it's like Fury's too smart, in my opinion, to get caught with a shot like that again. Here's the thing, though. Like, yes and, and, and no. Um, so I, I, that's not a good strategy in my book to, to look for, for one punch. Um, and that's something he started doing over the last handful of fights. He was actually progressing a bit as a boxer and and doing some different things at one point. And then it, it looked like he got real, real content with knowing the fact that if he's patient and does little things, his team was very. I think he got overconfident. Hey, right, he got old, overconfident yeah. in thinking we that he could always land that one shot. Right, and um, and and that became his basis, um, which ideally, I, yeah, you would you would never 
want to go in with that strategy, but it was definitely working for him. But I will say he, he, he in the Ortiz fight, he was setting traps with with punches too, because he was doing, like I said, that left hook to the wrinkle. I ain't never seen him start, you know, using, and it it paid big dividends because that's what dropped um, Ortiz's hands down for him to land that right hand. Um, right, but he had lost every round up until that point. I think on two out of the three yeah. judges' scorecards, like that's dangerous yeah, I think to put he, yourself in that situation. Absolutely, um, which is why I wouldn't advise it. And to be fair, I don't think that was his strategy going in with fear, just based on how he was boxing. He the looked first a little more active. Rounds. Yeah, he looked a little more active early on. He looked like he was trying to win some rounds. I just think, I just think fear is really that good. Well, that was my mm. next question. Because when we first saw Tyson Fury, and I don't know around if we had watched that fight together with Klitschko and Fury, but it was just uh-huh. like, who is this big, doofy? And I never really liked, um, I never really liked watching Klitschko fights either, but I'm like, all right, finally somebody kind of the same height. As big, right. As big, and right. it's like, all right, this might be a little bit different, and he's undefeated. That was like the first time I had really seen Fury. I'd heard of him. But people yeah. weren't really giving him a whole lot of credit. And honestly, he didn't look good in that fight. Like, that fight was terrible. He just happened to win it. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the um, skill. The, the Fury and uh, Klitschko fight. I didn't think it was an yeah. entertaining fight. And it was I didn't, not entertaining. Yeah, and I didn't see the skill that we see today. Like, from what you know, has he always had that skill? Or is he just now coming into his own getting better? Um... So I, I think you could definitely see it in that fight. You could definitely tell he could do some things, but he he was born like yeah. <laughs> nobody wants to see you do do the basics. Like obviously, like Klitschko Klitschko throws his jab out there and measures you, and then he throws right hands. He don't really do nothing else. I hate which it. Which is why he was born. I exactly. Yeah, that's I why he was born. They clinch and hold, and they they launch right hands. And Fury had some other wrinkles for him and, and kind of made him look silly, which showed that he, you know, for a 6'9 dude who almost 300, like to be doing some of the stuff he's doing. His skills are crazy. Box. Yeah, his skills are crazy at that yeah. height, especially. But he's definitely, he's definitely, the, the turning point for me was I thought he was, I couldn't wait for a while to fight him because I thought he was for sure going to knock his head off many years ago um, because I thought he, he was a good boxer, but I didn't think he was crazy. Um, and then he fought Steve Cunningham, who's a cruiserweight. He got moved dropped up to, uh, by Steve. Heavyweight. Yeah. And, yeah, he got dropped and mopped up. And then the only reason he won that fight is because he was just way too big. And Steve tired out, and then he stopped him. But, so I was like, man, why did we kill this man? Like when he when that, that fight finally happens in a few years, he's going to hurt him. Right. Um, but over the course of the next few fights you could see the little development and then um um in prep for the first wilder fight his get back fights i was i started seeing some stuff where i was like you know hey, how did he move like that like he got he, quick feet for a big yeah like, and i don't want to compare him to ali but i just felt like he had some of that footwork where he was bouncing mm-hmm. around and able to be nimble i didn't remember seeing that in the klitschko fight he wasn't really bouncing on his yeah. toes like that. So I, I was much, highly impressed, which led me to believe, like, 
to me, Wilder's just not a skilled fighter. And I was like, from what I'm right. learning about Fury, he's been boxing since he's eight. They said he didn't wear headgear in I mean, when he spars growing up. He's never worn headgear, which you always learn something, at least I do with boxing. That is why he's so elusive. Because they say fighters that, that spar with headgear on. They say Mike Tyson didn't spar with headgear. So that's why early on in his either. career, you saw how he was able to dip and dodge and get away out of... I would have to imagine Pernell Whitaker probably didn't spar with headgear. Because now you're more conscious of those punches than you would be if you are wearing right. headgear. Right. Without the, yeah. protect, without yeah. the protection. Yeah. Which, which is why USA or uh, you know, the boxing committees, Olympic boxing... USA Boxing decided to um, get rid of that in a top amateur competition. Oh, they're no longer wearing headgear? No. Okay. And that, like, at most most fights you go, you're going to wear headgear, but anything that's, um, like, the, the National Golden Gloves, the qualifiers, the Olympics, there's no headgear. And that was, they felt, to protect the fighters because you wear the headgear, you get reckless. Yeah, and taking a lot of those shots continuously because you think you got the headgear is still going to have an effect on you. You know what I mean? It's still yeah. doing damage to the head. But I was shocked to know that Fury never wore headgear, and that's why he's so elusive. And they said the same thing with Tyson. They might have said Ali did early on in his career, but then as he got older, he wanted to get hit. So <laughs> it was like kind of his, <laughs> his style. <laughs> but now we get the fight that we all been waiting for. Fury just walks through this man. I mean, it was it was entertaining to watch, especially the first couple of rounds, yeah, kind of absolutely. a chess match. And then Fury actually did what he said he was going to do. Then Wilder's team threw in the towel. What did you think about the stoppage and, and his team stepping in to help, in their mind, to help the fighter? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of controversy over that at the moment and uh i understand both sides mm -hmm. i definitely if i'm you know supporting a fighter i'm i'm throwing in the top because no fighter a lot of these fighters don't want to go out they're not going to quit you get a bad rap for that right like look how they they did joshua like he was in bad shape and then <laughs> because he didn't he didn't answer right. the rest everybody was calling him a quitter. That's true. And I was like, man, that's not really fair at all. Right. So sometimes you got to do that as a trainer. I remember actually in a fight, I had a fight that went very similar to the way Wilders went. Like, boxed well early, fatigued. I got hit with a shot that, um, to the body that took my legs away from me. Mm. And I couldn't recover. And I was, my hands was down. I was trying to bob with just my head out there. And I was taking shots. And my coach threw in the towel. And I was like, the first thing I said to him went over there was thank you because like <laughs> I ain't gonna quit. He was like, thank God. <laughs> I'm not gonna be out there looking dumb. Well, he you know, cares like, about hey, me. Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I appreciate you. This ain't my career, bro. Throw that towel dog. Ron, when you were watching the um, fight and you saw the stoppage, were you surprised or did you say, all right, they they did a good job of stopping it when they did? That's for you, Ron. I think they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Um, we, we watched Wilder for the last shit for the last four rounds from three through seven. Wilder, he didn't have any legs at all. 
Yeah, he looked out all. on his feet I mean, for a lot of rounds. A lot yeah, of rounds. Yeah, after after the after the first knockout, he wasn't there. I mean, you know, he he there were small glimpses of him trying to trying to not actually I don't think he actually was I I won't say trying to uh he wasn't trying to win the fight. At that point I think he's just trying to stay alive. He and he did it for four he did it for four rounds. Yeah, you know. He did it for four rounds. Again, after after that knockout, he he wasn't there. And the thing is, you we know, saw him. There. We saw him do it before with Ortiz in the first fight. They could have mm-hmm. very easily stopped that fight, or the ref could have stopped it, and yeah. he didn't. And I know right. that in his mind, he's like, "I've done this before. Y'all got to give me a chance." I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give me, a, just give me a chance. I, I will and say that, it was a little bit. That he was more hurt in that fight than he was in this fight. His legs was just gone in this fight. Oh, he said he yeah. was more alert this time around than he was then? Yeah, he said he was real bad shape in the in the Ortiz fight and and he found a way to win so I also just feel like knowing Wilder's knocked so many people out, you as that type of fighter, you want to go out on your shield too. So yeah, I understand I why mean, he didn't want the, the fight stop. Just I understand it too, but just watching the fight, it looked like he wouldn't he wouldn't have been able to muster a right hand that was gonna change things. He looked well, like if he you don't was got no just legs, done. You don't got no power. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You have no. It's coming from nowhere. And now we're gonna get yeah. to this because now we hear today that he came out with this excuse, which after the <laughs> fight he was saying, "It's been some things going on leading up to the fight." So I'm thinking, okay, this guy might have had an injury. At least he's going to try to say he did. And then we see oh. once he gets back into the locker room, his wife is is massaging his leg. So I said, man, this chick is a good actress. Like, they just, <laughs> they must have told her to just massage his leg when he gets back there because that's what we're going to use. Some reason they massaging his leg. So I'm like, all right, he's going to try to say there's something wrong with his leg coming into the fight. But then we hear today, his excuse is the body armor he wore on his walk-in to the ring weighed 40 pounds and it took a toll on his legs. Because he had on that body armor. And I will say, that's one of the illest entrances to the ring of all time. That was dope. Bo- yeah. Both sides. Cool. <laughs> both sides. But the Wilder was dope because of Black History Month. He had my man come out and do the record. The, the, the armor was dope. It's just now he's saying because it weighed 40 pounds that it, it, it took a toll on his legs. He didn't have the strength. Are we buying that? <laughs> are we are we going to roll with that shit? Because why well, are we talking about him? Fresh, how no, real quick, how can we're not, money. But how can we're not talking about him being shit. twenty pounds overweight? Nobody's talking about mm-hmm. that. Like Fury said, he was going to be bigger. We never heard Wilder right. talk about that. But he ended up coming in heavier than he was, more so than Fury from the last fight. Do you think he wasn't training, or like what have you heard as far as? What may have been going on with Wilder? Um, so here's, here's my thought, and I'll, I'm gonna play a little bit devil's advocate on it. Um, every fighter got excuses after they lose, so it, it doesn't strike me as you know crazy that he's saying all this wild stuff. Also, just from from experience in the ring, after you get you lose like that in a way that you never lost before. I remember after that fight, 
when I got stopped, I was sitting there thinking of, I had a million excuses in my head why <laughs> right. I didn't lose. I, I, remember, I was recalling everything that went wrong in my head. I was like, man, I didn't run enough. I didn't do enough sparring. I didn't, right. Right. I didn't eat properly. I, I swear on everything. I changed up so much stuff because I thought every little thing was the reason why I lost that fight. But, but Jamal, to that <laughs> point, those are all valid. If you aren't doing those things, those is, that's a part of training. Like, that's not making an excuse yeah. if you say, I just needed to train harder. Then everybody can yeah. accept that. However, I don't. I don't really think. Um, I don't think a lot of that plays a part. Yeah. What? Yeah, then the thing I loved about that fight was that Tyson Fury. I, I'm a big fan of dirty boxing, like what I call veteran moves. Mm-hmm. I like seeing the the Mayweather elbows. I like seeing the Bernard Hopkins like low key, low blows and headbutts. Mm-hmm. I like. Seeing <laughs> I didn't the, like the, the Mayweather the elbow. Clinches. I didn't like the Mayweather elbow, but. Yeah, oh, I like you. the I like the the sweet pea clinches. Like I like seeing guys pull out stuff that you do in the old school gyms. Right. That they tell you, hey, in the fight you do this, but you know, as a fighter who's getting it done to them, you hate it. Right. Right. Um, and Tyson was Tyson coming in at two seventy something and leaning on Wilder every time yeah. mm-hmm. they came close. I was yep. like, oh, he's. He, if you watch in the third round, there's a point where he leans and he like it looks like he sacked everything out of Wilder's leg at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah, um, and yeah, then he, that, he, he was, was going heavy with the heavy with the with the with the uh, with a headlock and a lean headlock, a headlock lean. man. He was cutting the circulation off, and Kenny mm. couldn't see it. And I was like, man, this is brilliant. Mm. Yeah, that's what, he's a smart, but he's a smart guy that. If you've been in the ring since you were eight, you know those tricks of the trade more so than the guy that Absolutely. started at 20. You know what I mean? That's what you could tell. Water didn't know how to do do that stuff. Right. Because in those clinches, he wasn't doing nothing back. Right. 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 It took a, it took a couple of rounds. It wasn't until later on in the fight where he actually started throwing punches up close when they're in close. Yeah, he, was breaking, he was trying to break clean. Yeah, he was trying to break clean. He actually threw some good shots on clean. the inside, better than I thought he was going to, but that's still not. What Fury did to him is make him do things he's not comfortable doing, is fight backing right. up and fight on the inside. Because yeah. you take away the power, because yeah. Wilder's power has to become at full extension. So if you're not yeah. in range that way, you take away a lot of that power. And that's where, mm-hmm. but this is the brilliance of Fury, and I, I guess we can call him great. A lot of guys will say that, but don't want to walk through the fire to get there. He didn't Absolutely. care. You know what I mean? Like, he has a different mindset where, yeah, you can say you want to close the distance and get inside, but there's not a lot of guys that's actually willing to do that. And, and he mm-hmm. did it brilliantly. I mean, it was a great fight. Phenomenal. But now we got this clause. <laughs> we got this clause. Number one, if I wear a weight vest, and I've worn weight vest before, I just feel lighter after I take it off. So I don't think it takes no toll with your two-minute walk to the ring. That was just a terrible oh, excuse. No. <laughs> like, he should have said something no. else. He should have said when something you, um, Like I said, in that, he's still in that, that post. I ain't never had nothing happen like this before me. I'm, think, I'm looking at everything and evaluating. Right. So he's... Mentally, right now he's he's broken and he's like, okay, I definitely it, it was that it was that it tired me down. I shouldn't have wore that. And if in a few weeks it's gonna hit him, and he's gonna be like, man, it wasn't that damn sweet. 
Well, <laughs> right. Two things we did that armor thing we found out, but then he also had fired the trainer that threw in the towel, which I think is an impulsive move. Apparently, he's known this guy, I believe, most of his life. Like this is somebody that's been around, and it's somebody who cares oh, about him. When, hey, when he when he was like cut or whatever happened with Alabama stuff, um, and he couldn't figure out, you know, he had nothing. He wasn't educated or anything like that. Right. He, he walked into the boxing gym and he was going to fight to get uh, put on for his daughter. And that was who the first person he talked to was was uh, was Breland. So say Mark yeah. Breland. Yeah, his name? Jay and Breland is they they've held him down since from day one. So right for you, so to, it's to official feed. that he it's official that he actually that he fired him. Yeah, he fired him. Because he okay. didn't like the fact that he stopped the fight, and there was some confusion okay. there because they said only the the chief second has the ability to, I guess, throw in a towel. I guess their camp is run differently, where they they go co-head trainers. Yeah, so I believe the other the head trainer didn't want to stop the fight, or maybe he did. He just didn't do it. But I mean, that right. guy's newer. He don't care that much about you. I hope that this is just an impulsive move, and he brings the guy back because he, he only was cared about your well being. Yeah, mean, yeah. you've got to respect that. You got to want somebody like that in your corner. But he went ahead and exercised. I, I think what's what's getting to him is the, mm-hmm. the there's the um all the chatter that Andre Durrell influenced. What did he say? Uh, Coach Breland throwing the towel. Andre Durrell and, and did? Andre Durrell's trained by Sugar Hill. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. What the hell does Andre Durrell have to do with this? He he was in Wilder's camp? No, nah, I said he's in the crowd, and he's yelling. Apparently, he's yelling, like, hey, throw in the towel. Stop this. Like, that's, that's one of our, our, our brothers. Like, you don't let him go out like this. And he was saying this from a place of, like, you know, all, all the – for the most love. part, most of black fighters, they was rooting for, for Deontay Wilder. Right, so, like, right. everybody is Black History Month. We rooting for him. He was saying pretty much, like, hey, that's too much. Um, and apparently that's what made Coach Brilliant throw in the towel. That's what they're trying to say. I don't know how factual it is. People are confirming right. that Darrell was wild about throwing in the towel, but, like, I don't know if that's what made him do it. He might have just did it because yeah. that's, that's like a son to him. Right. And he probably wasn't the only one screaming that. Um, the fact nah. that Sugar Hill trains, who, for those that know, is, is Fury's trainer, Sugar Hill out of the right. famous Cronk Gym, um, there, there might be something a little fishy there, but they had, to me, they stopped it when they should. They may have needed to stop it before they did, in my opinion. And that man only mm-hmm. yeah. seemingly only cared about him. But to your point, he's now exercised the clause for the third fight. They had 30 days. He's already exercised the clause and says he wants a fight this summer. No fights in between. I yeah. think he has to do that because if he doesn't exercise that clause, then Fury's not going to fight him again. Why would he? I right. beat you twice. Like you probably only won two rounds out of these two fights. And that's because you, you caught me with a good shot and you knocked me down. And if yeah. Wilder doesn't exercise his claws, he may never get a chance to fight Fury again and miss out on this could be his last big really big payday, right? So mm-hmm. he kind of has to do it, but 
as you mentioned, when you lose a fight like this and you've never lost, we saw what happened to George Foreman when he took that L against Ali. He was the biggest, baddest man in the world. Saw what happened to Mike after the bust Douglas. Wasn't quite ever the same. Psychologically, can he go back and fight this guy in July? I mean, is that realistic to do? I mean, at this point, right, contractually, you know, like you said, it's something that, that he has to do. Um, well, he doesn't have to. But he def- can he can not exercise the clause and no, no, take no, some no, other no, fights. No, no, but, no. but, yeah, he has well, to. No, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But psychologically, the demons are going to be – the demons are going to be running wild. Oh, yeah. They're going to be running wild. And he's going he's going to have to step in that ring with a totally different approach than he's ever stepped in the ring with. And, so but, he's but, already going but to he, be at a disadvantage. And we spoke about it earlier. I don't think he can do that. Fury was able to and adapt because saying. he's been a fighter since he was a kid, since he was a baby. Deontay Wilder right. just yeah, started. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 in, it's part of it's part of, it's part it's part DNA. of his family. It's, yeah, it's part of his yeah. DNA. I don't think Wilder can come in there with a new style and learn some new tricks and be able to apply that in a few months. And that, and that's what I'm saying. What that's what I'm saying. He, he's he's already going to be at a disadvantage. Um, so it it'll be interesting to see to see how he shows out in the first two to three rounds of that next fight. You know, see see what's different, and 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 because it's going to have to be drastically different than than what he brought. In this fight here. Now, what do you think, Jamal? He could be thinking, I got hit in the back of the head. He, he, he could be making his own excuse and say, I got hit in the back of the head. He's not going to hit me with that shot again. And that's why I lost all of my senses and my faculties because of where I got hit. And he may feel um, Fury's not going to hit him with that type of shot again yeah. to where I can go in there and knock this guy out. Maybe that's what he's thinking. Yeah. What do you um, think? Once again, speaking from experience, I want it, it. It's all on your your mental and how you felt it went down. So, mm-hmm. for instance, in my fight, like I said, I, I thought there was a lot of things that contributed to me not performing. I didn't feel like that dude across from me was that bad of a man, and that he. I didn't think there was no help, way in hell he was gonna do that again. And I was I wanted him to punish, you know, punish him next time. Right. I made it clear, I grabbed the pamphlet, wrote his name down. I used to ask coach every day, like when you gonna like call the call the gym, like match <laughs> that fight. Like I want that get back. Um and I unfortunately never got it, but mm. I wanted it. So if his mental is and if I'm him, I'm feeling like that's what happened. Like I got caught with a shot and it took my equilibrium. I couldn't get my legs back and that's why he got me. I landed a couple good right hands and did some couple some good stuff early. I know if I land my punch, it's over. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to change too much. I'm looking. I've been I'm going in there and doing what I've been doing. I'm trying to knock him out, land my punch, and, and call it a day. If I can't do it, then damn it, he a better fighter than me, and it is what it is. Right. Um, I think that's already the I case. <laughs> but yeah, if if you're Fury now, what do you do? Because you've now fought him twice, two different styles. Do you come in and employ the same style that you just had? Or do you bounce and move and box more? That's going to be kind of interesting to see what Fury's yeah. approach is going to be. But as a fan, I don't. I really don't want to see it again. Of course, I'll watch it. 
I would much rather see the Joshua Fury fight. Which what fight would y'all rather see I'm next? At. You want to see Joshua Fury and just unifying the title? I, I need I need Joshua in the mix, man. It's been way too long. I I, I hate this. Oh, he's across the street, shit. Like, look, they they all need all three still need to fight each other. I, I don't care about how Joshua lost or Wilder lost. Them two fighting each other is stylistically completely different. They need to get it on. Right, right. And Fury and Joshua need to fight. That trio's got to get it done. What do you, do you want right. to see the rematch or the the rubber match, Ron, or you want to move on to a, a Tyson Fury Joshua fight? I I think that just for the for the sport of boxing and what this actually brought, this weekend was a big weekend in boxing. It's a and, terrible and, and, undercard, though. I will say that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, actually, no, and, that and, one heavyweight and, fight wasn't bad. It ended in a knockout, but nobody knew who they were. But my bad. Go ahead. Yeah, I think the thing with boxing is that, you know, when you're able to catch, quote-unquote, lightning in a bottle, then you have to do it. you got to ride that momentum. Yeah, you got to ride that You have to, because the sport is is way behind. Um, You know, so when when you have that opportunity, you have to do it. These guys are great at selling fights. That's that's a very good point, because I think the boxing fans want to see – Fury Joshua. The casual fans who are now been captivated by this past fight, they will probably sign up to see that again more so than a Fury Joshua fight. To your point. Right. Because there's been so right. much buzz around what just took place and yeah. you had more casual fans tuning in that they might mm-hmm. line up for that rubber match more so than a Fury Joshua fight. Maybe, yeah. At least in America, yeah. And over there in yeah, England, it'd be the biggest I don't, I don't thing even ever. think that that's. I don't even think that that's debatable. I think that it's. I think that. I think that that's that's true. You know, so so from a from a business perspective, um, boxing it would be in their best interest for the rubber match to happen, and and then you move on, and then you move on from there. You know, but like I said, you you have to be able to strike while the iron is hot, and and these two fighters are are in the world of boxing for, for all fans are, are uh, you know, it's a draw. Yeah, and the crazy thing is if somehow yeah. Wilder does win the third fight, then they're going to have to do a fourth one. <laughs> like, you, you always have to. Yeah. <laughs> but it's <laughs> going to make money. That happens, so. That's big money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely watch it and be excited for the fight. I'm just kind of ready for a Joshua Fury yeah, fight. Think. And then whoever, maybe whoever loses that fight fights Wilder, and then whoever right. wins that fight then can fight for the fight that, who has yeah, all the, you know what I mean? Like again. kind of a little um, tournament of heavyweight, so to speak. Maybe throw in Usyk or somebody like that. Who I think Josh was fighting him anyway at the end of the year. But either way, it was a it was a great fight. It was an entertaining fight. It didn't disappoint like most big fights do. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least in the Floyd because and, and because that's where boxing that's where boxing falters, right? Right. There's always a it, it's always the the precursor to the fight is always way bigger than the actual the, the 36 minutes that right. you get. Right. You know. Absolutely. So for, for to see two big heavyweights in there and blows being thrown and somebody getting knocked down, you know, get you're seeing blood, some gore, some grit. 
that's that's the thing that boxing needs mm-hmm. in order to be a viable sport, um, especially with with the, the way that UFC has just taken over. You know, right. boxing is, is 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 way behind. So you know, if they were to drop the ball on on this third fight, that that would put them again behind the eight ball, and then you have to try to hope. Well, they're not, they not going to drop the ball. It's happening. They already exercised well, yeah, the claws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, it, I know that. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And again, if, if the ball were to have been dropped and, and, and Wilder said, yeah, you know what? Nah, I don't want any parts of the big man. Well, boxing as a whole is like, what the fuck? No, nah, man, we need this. You and, know? and real quick, then we're going to move on. What's the referee's name? Is, this, is his name Kenny Bayless? Is that his name? Bayless. Kenny Bayless. He's on the Al Heyman payroll, clearly. He's on the Al Heyman, <laughs> Floyd Mayweather payroll because he used to always let Floyd hold and grab the whole fight, never warn him, never give him a point deduction. And that point that he took away from Fury was to try to help out Wilder. Clearly, he's yeah. in the pockets of Al Heyman in that whole uh, PBC camp because you didn't even really warn him. And I don't know where you're taking a point. Like, come on, man. Yeah, that's what that's what threw me off. I was I was actually asking for a warning on the um, like I said on the headlocks, right? Because that was that was killing Wilder. But then he never he never warned him. Next, you know, he took a point. I still don't actually know what he took a point for. <laughs> you know, I know why he took a point because he knew his man was losing and he was trying to get him back in the fight. I'm like, yo, this is blatantly. This guy working for Al Hamick. But I used to notice he did the same thing with Floyd. He used to let Floyd yeah. do whatever he wanted in the ring. And it was just like, come on, how how somebody supposed to have a chance here? When he just To be fair though. What? There was a handful of refs that let Floyd do it. Well <laughs> that, that that is true. That's why, you know, Floyd's undefeated and all, he wants to ride that wave. But at a certain point, he could stack the cards so much in his favor. Like, it was almost impossible to win. You weren't going to get a decision. The refs would let him do whatever. He got to pick the gloves, to pick the size of the gloves. I mean, it just, you just had to bow down to him just to get the fight to where you had such a disadvantage once the, it was time to get it on. You yeah. Know, it's just it's pointless. But we're going to move on to uh, later on in just a second. We're going to do like some fantasy fights. But we're going to talk about this fantasy. At least we thought it was a fantasy fight. But it might just happen with the legendary Layla Ali at 42 years old. <laughs> and the newcomer, two-time Olympic gold medalist, Clarissa Shields. So she's the new girl on the scene. Everybody gives her her props as being the biggest and baddest female in the boxing game. She felt disrespected by Layla Ali not giving her her props. And guess what? They've been going back and forth acting as if they actually want to get it on. No female has ever made a million dollars or more. Layla Ali saying, if you can pay me 10 million, Mm. I already don't like this girl because she's talking too much. Then I'm going to come back and we're going to get it on. Is this shit real, man? Are they are they pulling our leg here? Forty two year old Layla Ali ain't fought in twenty years. What what do y'all think about this shit? Would you watch it? I'll watch it. Yeah, and that's probably where it stops. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
42, yo, nigga, I, I, boxing, uh, fuck boxing. Let's put it in basketball. Nigga, I can't go out there and run up and down the court four times, let alone try to yeah. sit in the back boxing ring and get my head torn off by a, a young 24-year-old whippersnapper. You know what I'm saying? It ain't got shit to lose. So it sounds great. Um, you know, entertaining and, and the Ali name, is is always something that you know uh, is respected and needed right. in boxing, but the fact of the matter is that uh, it's ridiculous. But that's you already you already made you already said what they need to hear is that you watch it and that's it. <laughs> they don't yeah. give and a that's, shit. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> what do you think, Jamal? Yeah, Let, let's talk line. about it logistically if it can happen. Layla Ali says she's two hundred pounds right now, and she stays in shape. <laughs> she's at two hundred. A healthy two hundred, but she'd have to lose weight in order to make this a sanctioned fight. I think they said Clarissa Shields has fought at one sixty eight. That's the the heaviest that she's ever fought at. Can yeah. Layla Ali at forty two years old get down to one sixty eight, or maybe a catch weight at like one seventy two, or something like that? Do you think that that's even possible? It's possible. Um but she ain't gonna like the result when she doesn't. She can't just t- just hop in the ring and fight this girl. She's gonna have to take a tune up. That's the only way it'll, it'll it'll work to me. Because as you know, if you lose that much weight going into a fight, you'll be so drained, you won't yeah. have any energy. She's gonna be slow, sluggish. Right. She's gonna get hurt. I think if she takes a warm up fight, then she's taking this seriously. I can't believe she actually needs the money. So I, I don't know. Well, I don't I, know. I think she said ten million for a reason, though. That, that's that's Clarissa Bitcoin. Clarissa Shields right. came out yesterday and said she's already got an offer for five. And if Clarissa Shields is getting five, then Layla's going to get double that. So there's already, I guess, promoters out there trying to make it happen. Yeah. But I it was interesting when Clarissa Shields was talking about it. That's why I think it may not happen. I would think she would want to fight more than Layla, but she was trying to act as if she's the draw over Layla Ali. And she has to know that's not true. She's thinking, well, if it wasn't for me, there wouldn't be any talk of her coming out of retirement and she couldn't get any kind of millions if I'm out of the equation. Which may be true, but we all know what the A-side, what the headliner would be, would be Layla Ali. You're not going to get more than her. Period. No, but her saying that means like, all right, does you really want the fight? Because if you think about, Clarissa Shields is 10 and, 10 and uh, what is she, 12 and 0 with two knockouts or 10 and 0 with two knockouts? She does, she's two not, knockouts, she's yeah. not, 10 and 0 with two knockouts. She's 10 and 0, two knockouts. So where's, you going to really, and Layla Ali was kind of a knockout artist. I just don't know if, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if she seriously wants to fight. Because say Layla Ali somehow does come in the ring in shape, ready to go, even at 42, that's going to be a... You don't lose your power, right? Look at Big George knocking people out until he was 50, right? Right. Yeah. But I would say, like, skill-wise, Clarissa's a bad girl. Oh, I've seen it. She could definitely get it on. She's talking... And she should go to... She's talking about doing UFC... I think she should do something like that, like a female. Yeah, you might as well. I mean, they, that's already what a lot of those those girls do. Yeah, because um, that's what the money's at. Serrano goes back and forth. Like, you go get your bag over there. 
and then you you come back and you fight in boxing because you love it. But yeah, Holly Holm started out as a boxer. She was a boxer yeah, for many years. Like you, you gotta do what you gotta do. So just to finally stamp this one, does the fight happen? Yes or no? No. No, it's not, not going to happen. Damn. Nope. I don't think it is either, but I hope that it does. I hope that it does. I'm, I'm also shook because, like, Layla didn't even fight and Wolf to give us the only big super fight in women's boxing history. That never happened. So yeah, I, but I, think I about it. Even, even back then, though, no. back then, do you really think that would have been a super fight? Outside oh, of oh, absolutely, yeah, for the boxing fans. But I think this is the type of fight that would attract those casual fans to generate big money. Yeah, and Wolf, I don't know yeah. how many people knew her back then if you weren't involved in the sport. But I wouldn't fight no damn Ann Wolf either. <laughs> damn, <laughs> oh, yeah, hell no. <laughs> Ann no. Wolf is a maniac, boy. Sheesh. <laughs> I've never seen a woman like that. I would never. I don't blame Layla, even though if she was a true fighter, she would have done it. But she's and Wolf or something else. Yeah, and it's it's crazy though. Tough day out because like um, few fights ago, Clarissa fought um, Tori Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um, who I'm 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 real cool with Tori and me training at the same gym. I okay. spar with Tori. Oh, okay. And her her power is not like anything crazy. Obviously, you can see that on her her record and everything. But like, she's just tough. Like I I crack her with something and she would be like hit harder. Like you, you dig deeper. You know what I'm saying? She can talk mm. shit to me the Damn. entire time. Damn. And, <laughs> that can hurt and your pride. Tori had a late start to boxing. She was she was sharp and like I, Clarissa made. They easy work at Tori, so I'm like, damn. Mm. I definitely, I don't want, I don't want to smoke with none of them. <laughs> I mean, she's a two-time gold Olympic gold medalist. Clearly, she's got the skill. Yeah, but it's it, it, yeah. She just have to go in there and out. I hate to say outclass, but she'd have to outbox Layla Ali, and I think she believes she can. And maybe she can. Mm. Most likely, she can. Honestly, you're talking about a 24 year old girl <laughs> in there with somebody could be her mother, right? So I literally beat her mom. <laughs> I, mean, I want to see it, but I don't. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it'll be major. Yeah. It'll be huge if it did, though. But now we're yeah. going to yeah. And again, it's solely about that Ali name. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to cash in on life. that as much as you know, as long as you can. You she don't have yeah. too much long to actually make that happen. But so we're going to move on to what we thought was a fantasy fight, but it may actually happen. To get your perspective on some fantasy fights in the Who You Wit segment. <laughs> First one, Penel Whitaker versus Floyd Mayweather at 130. Who You Wit? <laughs> Oh. oh man. <laughs> I'm starting it off strong. I'm gonna go with 
I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Mayweather at mm. one thirty. Okay. Mayweather had power. He was fast. His defense was sharp. He took combinations. And rumor has it that they had a very, very interesting few sparring sessions up at the uh, Olympic mm, Training Center. That's when right. When Mayweather was 18 years old. That's and right. He used to spar with people Sweet Pea. Recall that one Floyd got in there and he was the only amateur to give him work to the point that Purnell kept him along. And there's a lot of people that say that towards the end of it, Floyd was giving him some business. Mm. Do we know the truth? Who knows? Sparring stories are sparring stories. Right, right. They say the same thing about um, Floyd and Errol Spence. They say when he brought yeah. him in early in his career to spar that. And, and honestly, yeah. I've heard Floyd not, he didn't just flat out say it, it happened, but he alluded to. Him he helping him, did. helping him <laughs> when he was preparing yeah. for fights. <laughs> yeah, this is, I remember seeing the interview. He said, "Damn!" So he hit me with something like, "I was like, he a bad motherfucker," and I had to keep him in camp. <laughs> and then Floyd said, "But he know what it is." And then I remember seeing the Arrow interview where he finally opened up about it, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I definitely gave him work early." But he was like, "I'm not gonna lie though." Towards the um, towards the towards end. the end of camp, yeah. Floyd was sharp. Yeah, he was yep. sharp. Yeah. So he did his job. Um, yeah. But also, uh, Purnell beat Rogers' ass, so I think Floyd had a chip on his shoulder <laughs> from that. <laughs> yeah, definitely so. So you're going with Floyd. I'm going to go with Floyd, too, surprisingly enough, because Sweet Pea's probably <laughs> my favorite fighter outside of Tito Trinidad. And of I would have yeah. to say Sweet Pea, as much as I loved him, didn't have much punching power. And Floyd did, especially at 130. We yes. spoke about what he did to yes. Corrales. So I'll have to go with Floyd, too. It's a three out of three. Also, that, that reach advantage would be very, very um, telling, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, Floyd, yeah. Floyd has that 73-inch reach, and Purnell actually had pretty short arms. Mm, absolutely. I, yeah, I hate to say it, but I, I think it would be Floyd, especially at 130. You got Floyd, too, Ron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Young yeah, Floyd punching hard. Yeah. Next one, Canelo Alvarez versus Bernard Hopkins at one sixty. Who you? Oh with? shit! Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well. uh, so, I'm gonna step up here before the the boxing legend that we're on the phone with. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 going to say I'm going to say Bernard. Um, Bernard. I'm going to say Bernard. Okay. Yeah, Why? I'm going to say Bernard simply because Bernard very tactical, very tactical, um, and he can draw a fight out. Uh, he can draw a fight out, and and I I don't know that Bernard and Canelo going twelve. I don't know that Canelo can. Can can hang for for twelve with Bernard. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Very good point. Yeah, so I'm yeah. I'm 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 definitely gonna say 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 Bernard. You know, what I mean, we we had the luxury of going through a Bernard fight, and 
that night I could have been sitting at home in a rocking now, chair. What are you, knitting what are you talking about? I don't recall this this t- event. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. We just we it never happened. Never speak about it again. My bad. Yeah. Well, we went. We, so we, with went that said, we went to a Bernard when he fought Chad Dawson. It was the worst fight in history. It was so bad that we just act like the night didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's, that's what that. we're alluding to. But who you got? Um, I'm also as much as I'm a huge Canelo fan, um, but I would take Bernard Hopkins simply because at 160 he was he was one of the greatest fighters ever at 160. Right. And um, one, he's we talked about a little earlier. His, his veteran tactics mm-hmm. are unmatched. He would do a lot of things to Canelo that Canelo Canelo couldn't stand what Floyd was doing to him with like the elbows and the way right. he was setting him up like that with right. the arm shot. Bernard would be doing that times too. Um, <laughs> Coming in with also, his head and all that. Yeah, I hate what Bernard does. He would be that, using but... his legs a lot, and as much as I love Canelo because of his development, his feet just slow. It's just it is what it is, and anybody that has good movement, mm-hmm. lateral movement, gives him trouble. Mm-hmm. Bernard gonna use the jab. He gonna move. He gonna hold. He gonna you know rub his hands in his face. He gonna elbow. Yep. He gonna headbutt. And then he's gonna take him twelve. And Canelo gasses. Um, exactly. And, and yeah, I think that's where it, the difference is. Is we see Canelo early with the head movement, at least his upper body. You know he moves that well, and but that starts to slow down as the fight goes on. Yeah. And, I think Bernard would just be too crafty, too savvy for him. So another unanimous decision. <laughs> it's B-Hop. Philadelphia, stand up. So the next one, Shane Mosley versus Julio Cesar Chavez. Who you with? Well, at uh, 135? I, I put it down 140. At one forties, same difference for the most part. Um, I'm taking Mosley. He was bad mm. at that weight. People would forget man. about how good Shane was. He beat Oscar twice, didn't he? I mean, bad man. He was bad, and we saw what he what the struggles that Chavez had with Meldrick Taylor. Yeah, which you know that's another. Was that Richard Steele? <laughs> Kenny yeah. Bayless's idol. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the fight with two seconds left. Took yeah. it from another Philly native, Meldrick Taylor, which that fight destroyed Meldrick's career. Even though he won it, that fight destroyed his life. Like he was never the same after that. Mm-hmm. But I think Shane having that slick style that we were talking about that like the Mexican fighters seem to have a problem with when we were talking about with Canelo. Yeah. I think that mm-hmm. Shane, I think Shane would have, would have beat him. And we saw what happened when um, Penel Whitaker got robbed against Chavez and he outclassed him with that slick style as well. So going with Shane, Ron, I guess you're going to make it unanimous. Maybe I should have done a better yeah. job with, the, <laughs> with these picks. <laughs> You already know. I mean, they're, they're pretty good, though. Those are good matchups. Who you got? You got um, Shane too, Ron? Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even. I don't think it's much of a question. Okay, this is a good one here. Tommy the Hitman Hearns 
versus mm. Felix Tito Trinidad 147. Who you with? Oh, quick fight. It's a quick fight? Yeah, because they gonna fight. So who 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 ends up winning that matchup? You think it ends in a knockout for sure? Yeah, definitely. He's too strong. Um I wanna say I wanna say Tommy wins because that the right hand is he's one of them guys at the lower weight classes that had heavyweight power. Devastating. Mm. Devastating. Yeah, but it's it's tough to call because he 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 leaves his chin up. He's there to be hit. He didn't fight long and tall always, so there, there would definitely be openings. Mm-hmm. But they both had their flaws on that with being a little over to, you know what I'm saying, jumping in there and, and really trying to uh, mix it up. Yeah, because Tito was so, kind of yeah, a one-handed would, would fighter. Yeah, um, it would be good. But I think I think, uh, I think think Hearns also had a little bit more. Like, he could box and do the other stuff when he wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I think he takes it. Going with the hit, man? Hmm. I, I, I was, I'm, I'm going the other way. I'm going the other way. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that I think Tito. That's one of those where uh, I think that would have been a fight where Tito would have made his name. You know what I'm saying? Uh, stepping up to the challenge and 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 getting the shot, getting a shot in there. Um, I think it. I, I think it would have been a good fight, but I definitely think that Tito would have came out on top of of that fight. Um, I, yeah, I definitely for, think for, it doesn't go to decision at all. I think no, both no. of them had their secret weapon. Uh, Hearns was the straight right hand, and Tito was it was the left hook, wasn't it, Jamal? Was it the left hook? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it would have been interesting. Both of them would have just been trying to see who was going to land that shot first. This is a tough one. And I mentioned earlier, Tito's my favorite fighter, so... I'm going to go with Tito, but here's why. Because we saw when Tommy fought Hagler, and they just came out and they just went at each other. Hagler got the best of them. So I don't know if Tommy yep. had the best chin. Um, as Tito got older, he didn't have the greatest chin either. But earlier on, he took yeah. some good shots and dealt with them well. I'm going to have to go with Tito. I'm going to go with Tito on that one. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy definitely doesn't have the, the strongest chin. So that's the, like I said, he going to go, but you know he's going out there on the shield. So oh, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. going to land that right hand and, and, and get Tito up out of there or, or Tito right, right. Hand. Or he's going to take a shot. Right, yeah. right. So yeah. this one, and I think we, <laughs> they had the clips, <laughs> they had the memes of Martin and Tommy uh, and um, Deontay Wilder. <laughs> Ever since the fight, he said that he was looking like uh, Martin when he had the episode with the Hitman. So Deontay's got a lot to deal with right now. Stay strong, brother. But I think <laughs> we might know your answer on this one, Jamal, since you said Holyfield was your favorite fighter. I didn't know. But I would say Holyfield Bow was the greatest heavyweight fight that I've ever seen with my own two eyes. Went live and direct. You can go Ali Frazier mm-hmm. or whatever. But Riddick Bow, Holyfield won. Oh my God! It was a marvel. Yeah, they got they got down. But we're gonna go with smoking Joe Frazier versus the real deal, Evander Holyfield. Who you with? 
Um, I think I think I think Joe wins. Um, I think he he did things just a little bit better than um than uh, Holyfield. I think the like uh, Holyfield to me uh, was an overachiever. He was, and that's what makes him great. Because he he. It, like the more, especially it's funny now because like I was I was you know enamored by him as a kid, but the more I got older and the, when I started fighting more and the more I started watching boxing, I was always like more perplexed with him as I got older because I was like, man, he really don't do anything overly impressive. He mm. just he just um he's just tough, you know what I mean? He right. stays in it. He he makes you know he always comes into fights with a A, B, and C. Um, and he tried to do whatever it takes to win, but um, yeah, I think Joe just had had a little bit more to him than than a Holyfield. It would be a good fight. I don't think I don't think you know Holyfield getting embarrassed. But, no, uh, no. Yeah. It'd be a tough. I think you going with you going with Joe. You think that yeah, Joe had? Joe. You think that Joe had more? Because to me, Joe did a lot of head movement, but he was really just trying to land his left hook. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't and know. I think, I think I'm going smoking Joe. Yeah, I'm going smoking Joe. That left hook was dangerous. That shit was that shit was dangerous. Yeah, and Holyfield and didn't I, have I think, a ton of punching power. I mean, he could crack and people felt him, but you know, he did take punches from the Riddick Bowes and the Tysons and the Lennox Lewises, and he was able to dish it back. Ah, you going with with Joe? I'm going with Joe. That left hook would have that left hook would have been would have been demonstrative. I'm I'm going with Joe. Yeah, we're gonna have to disagree on this one. I'm going with, with the real deal. I mean, think about the guys that yeah. Amanda's been in the ring with. He took a lot of big shots and it's cliche, but he did have that heart of a champion. I think he could have but so did Joe. Damn. Joe wasn't gonna go down unless he I was saw, about to say, Joe unless, didn't have the heart of a champion. Unless he saw Shit. George Foreman across the ring, he wasn't gonna go down. <laughs> he was knocking his ass around like a rag doll. It was sad to see Joe in there with uh with George. But I'm I'm gonna go Holyfield, man. I think Holyfield actually had a little bit more skill than Joe. I think the Joe did the head movement. He was gonna take hits. Like he yeah. he wasn't a defensive at all. He was taking your right. two or three so he could land his big one. Yeah. I think Holyfield, it would have been a really action-packed fight that I think would have went to the cards, and I think Holyfield would have just outpointed him. That's just yeah. my opinion. It's, it's definitely close. They both, they both like being in the pocket and um, smothered. Right. So. But I think, it, it I really think, I think, to and, and Holyfield that, takes the left hook. And right. Then, um, but you, to your point, I yeah. think Holyfield could actually fight at distance. That Joe really couldn't. I think Holyfield, if he needed to, could fight at a certain range, and maybe that's yeah. where he would outbox Joe that. a little bit. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Outboxing yeah. from from away. Yeah. I agree mm-hmm. with that. I just the mentality that they both had, though. I don't see um, Holyfield wanting to take that step back in box. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Once they started getting it, getting it in, then <laughs> all of that goes out the window, most likely. You're right. Yeah. 
But that's the last one there. So now we're going to move on to and wrap up the show with the two deviants of the boxing game right now. Maybe I'm wrong in calling them that, but, I mean, they're out there getting arrested and choking out their baby moms and just doing silly, dumb shit all the time. Adrian Broner and Gervonta Tank Davis. What is your take on these two? Let's start with Tank. I mean, I went to the fight in Atlanta where he fought Gamboa. It was a little disappointing. Uh, the co-feature was actually a really good fight, Badu Jack and uh, Pascal. But yeah, the, the, the fight with, with uh, Gamboa was a little disappointing because Gamboa ended up tearing his Achilles and shouts to him because he still finished the fight. But he couldn't do much, so we didn't get a whole lot. And Tank still went the distance with him. But they're trying to promote him as the next Floyd, and he's going to be the, the new cash cow over there with Al Heyman and Mayweather promotions. Is mm-hmm. he got those skills to pay the bills? And even if he does, well, his, is his lifestyle going to allow him to realize it? Um, he's probably got skills. Um, and I think he, he could be, he's, he's, his name deserves to be mentioned with the, the other, um, dogs in that division or those two divisions. Cause 130 and 135 are becoming just a big mix up. Right. Um, right. but as you just said, I don't, I don't think he, he, his lifestyle is going to be conducive to him ever getting where he needs to go. He doesn't seem to really want it. The fact that he's came in overweight with his last three fights. Right. And then he moved up. He, he moved just, up to 135. And moving up, yeah. <laughs> and still and couldn't the, make weight. What, what was telling to me was his excuse in the last fight was like, oh, it's not a big deal because I got tired of um, trying to lose weight throughout camp because I felt like it weakened me. So I just lose it all in the last week. Wouldn't that make you like, weak? Okay, yeah, yeah uh-huh. that You're an absolute idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of clear that he is not the brightest bulb in the box. Um, but that tells just... me your team ain't that bright either, though. Yeah, I mean, he's fun to watch, but we haven't seen him fight anybody. You know what I mean? I think they're being very careful with how they manage him. But they also apparently want to keep him active to keep him out of trouble. So they want to make sure he has a fight like every three months, I believe, or something like that. Are you familiar with Tank Davis, Ron? Have you seen him? Yeah, a little bit. I think his problem is is, is uh, probably going to be keeping himself out of trouble. Well, hanging out with Andrea Broner every chance he gets isn't going to help that. <laughs> the two of them are thick as thieves. <laughs> yeah. Thieves <laughs> <laughs> being the key word. You know he saying? needs his mother to um, come around and be like, I don't want you hanging with that boy no more. <laughs> I don't right. want to see you hanging with him no more because it ain't going to Yeah, he, don't bring him to my house. I don't want to know <laughs> nothing about it. Stay away from him. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. so I, I think that I think it's just funny that all of the boxers that are somehow um, connected to Floyd, that there's there's always – there are always issues. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? You mean how Broner always... used to be connected to him and now Tank is connected to him? The, 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 the so-called protégés of Floyd, like his little be... protégé or next up, seem to yeah. have some baggage with him. Yeah, that's... 
Yeah. Maybe valid. Yeah. It's, 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 it, you know, it, I don't know coincidence or, or what, you know, I don't know if that's what Floyd's looking for or, if, or if it's him trying to say, Hey, look, man, you got some talent. Come on, come on over here. We can, we can get this thing right. But until, I mean, Broner for him is, is obviously it's over, you know, it's, it's, it's done for him as a rap, but, but Davis, it's, is Floyd in his camp going to be able to get this kid to focus all the way in, you know, and actually become a premier boxer? Right. Yeah. I, I that's, don't, what it, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, that's that's the the million dollar question. But say that they, that he does do all the right things, Jamal. From what you know, his skill wise, would he be able to catapult into a Mayweather type of light? moving the sport forward does he have that type of talent or do you think he's a little overrated oh i think he got he has talent but hell no to to get into that point because what's going to do tank in is like his body is obviously getting bigger and wants to move up to these higher weight classes but he's tiny he's like five four with short arms and he's an alcoholic so i mean i i've I've seen they they gonna toy with him at at 140 and 147. Right. That's 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 lunch me. And what they're going to start to do is learn something about boxing every year. I heard Andre Ward talk about this because he was like he knew about Kovalev's habits outside the ring. So his whole plan when Andre Ward went up against Kovalev was to go hard to the body. Because if you're a drinker, like that's going to have a toll on you way more than it will somebody that's living a healthy lifestyle. And I remember the dude, Nate Jones, who's um, in Mayweather's camp. He was talking about how he had a drinking problem. And he said that cut his career so short because you, you, yeah. can't, you can't live like that and mm-hmm. expect to have a long career. Because you might be able to get away with it in your early 20s a little bit. But as you get around your mid-20s or so, especially as you get closer to 30, you're not going to be able to respond. Your body's not going to react the same way as opposed to in the ring if you're living like that. And right. I don't think they're going to stop him from drinking. Uh, Mayweather's a terrible influence on these yeah. guys. <laughs> he, Why? They look up to him and they want to hang out with him. It's like Antoine Walker when he told that story about Jordan. Like, you want to go oh, gamble yeah. with him all the time. <laughs> he got a different type of bankroll. Like, you don't need to be doing what he's doing. Right. Floyd doesn't drink. Floyd right. packs his stuff and goes to the club and then runs home from the club. You're not right, doing that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. it's a different type of discipline. And Floyd's yeah, trying so to sell a lifestyle and an image. But all like all those things you mentioned, you think if you're in a club party, then there's alcohol that comes with that. But that's just really what Floyd wants his brand to be. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's really not the life he's living, so to speak. And 1,000%. It, it does... It, it does probably come off deceiving to these boxers coming up because they think, oh, I want to make a lot of money and party like Floyd. But it's really just him promoting his brand in order to be able to sell himself a certain way. Like After a while, Floyd just realized he was the enemy. People wanted to see him lose. So I'm going to be this loud, brash black guy that everybody hates, but you're going to tune in hoping that I fail. He realized that, so he played on that. Yeah. I don't think that's him as much as people think. You know what I mean? But he's just, 
embraced that role. I think he's he's I think he he's um one of them dudes that acted a character and and it's become a part of who he is now. Mm, so I think yeah, now it is yeah, yeah it is it is like that. But originally no. Nah. I mean the man the man literally switched overnight. Got the Oscar De La Hoya fight and then became the most talkative, loud mouth, braggadocious like, dude. That's a that's that's a good point it's kind of like i watched donnie brasco as one of my favorite movies but if you go on the cover like that you're playing a role but after a while it rubs off to where you actually start to really behave that way in your own life you know after a while donnie brasco thought he was actually a made man and a wise guy right so that's mm-hmm. a good point. I think Floyd started out playing a character to where now it's just kind of rolled into a piece of who he is. But I, and you I, know, the funny thing about that is like you were saying, right? So, because think about 50 was the same thing, right? So 50's talking about, I get high all the time. And it was a known fact that 50 didn't smoke weed at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Selling, you know selling the lifestyle. Same. Right. Selling the lifestyle. Yeah. That yep. you may not even they say uh future all the Percocet future does that they now. said he doesn't even yeah. really take them shits. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. But as far as Broner goes, man, Ron alluded to thinking he stamped it that he's done. The thing is, I hear about um people who know boxing that know people in the gyms, they always still rave about how skilled Broner is. Is that just them yeah, trying to make yeah. him feel good, or is it like are they really like nah y'all don't y'all don't really see what we see because you aren't a fighter? Like people still rave about his skill. Is 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 there something to that? And it keeps oh if he early all if he puts it all together, then you guys are gonna see. It, is that for one? Is that true? And two, do you think if he does put it all together, he still has a chance? Yeah. He's he's literally 2.0. Who I said earlier was one of my favorite fighters. That Judah, like that, have got so many tools and so many so much skill. Boner is the same. I still watch Boner fight and think, man, he's he's so sharp. But like, there's things that he can't get over. And if you're not gonna change it, you just not. You are who you are. So you talking about outside like, I don't the think ring? He should lose. Or no, in even, the ring? No, in the ring. In the ring, like. He got when he made that switch from one to one thirty to one thirty five. He started really becoming comfortable with his power and sitting flat footed and sitting in that shoulder roll because he see Floyd do it. Right, that's and you a, can get that, away with it against those smaller guys. Right, what he doesn't realize is Floyd. Floyd only uses the shoulder roll maybe thirty percent of the fight. He fights in high guard a lot. That's the another thing. Very ineffective right. at certain points in the fight, so you can't be sitting there in the center of the ring the whole time and a shoulder roll leaning right. back because these longer, quicker, bigger, stronger fighters is going to follow you straight back and they're going to catch you. And that's what Madonna did. That's what Porter did to him. Like, and it's it's just weird to me because he doesn't have a lot of things that he needs to change to be great, but it's not happening. Like, it just won't click. What is he, 29 now, almost 30? He's not quite 30 yet, right? Yeah, he'll turn 30 this year. Okay. No, no, he's 30 now. He'll be 31. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, to to the other point about Floyd deceiving people or the way he makes it look easy, 
the shoulder roll was probably even worse than the party <laughs> because a lot of these boxers <laughs> watch him do the shoulder roll and think that I'm just going to easily implement this myself mm-hmm. when you're not him. Like you're going to have to come up with your own style. That's going to work for you because you don't Floyd grew up doing the shoulder roll as a, as a five-year-old yeah. that his father taught him. It's totally different than you trying to now see it later on in your career and try to implement it. But I I don't think Broner. The problem is people will still tune in. Like if Broner fought next month, we're probably all going to watch it, right? I mean, and I, am. And I don't know why at but, this point. Like, what are we looking for? <laughs> are we looking for him to actually put it all together and win? Like, I don't think anybody believes that's going to happen. Are we looking to see how bad it's going to be on him? I mean, what are we? Why are we still tuning into this dude? I don't. I don't know. That would be it for me. Was to see how back. You know, <laughs> my thing was if you wanted to make his comeback, he would go down to 140. But he's made it clear that if he comes back, it's at 147, or he really wants to go to 154. And I think that's punishment waiting for him to go oh, to 154. So I, I would go there and see see what you know J Rock and and Heard and and Tony Harrison. And, you know, all those guys. He's talking Carlos, about going to 154? You heard him say that? Yeah. He yeah. don't even have no punching power at 147. How is he going to go to 154? Because he thinks guys are, are as flat-footed as he is there? Is that his mindset? The guys are no more idea. flat-footed? Yeah. He's he's no he's wilding if he's trying to do that. And I, I don't know. Is, is he thinking about retiring? Because I heard him on Fight Hype talking about he's retired. I mean, he might just be saying that. But yeah. well, he posted. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. He said, um, "I haven't seen the right." He like he said, says, says, uh, "He said something ignorant." It was like these numbers don't look right to make me want to oh, come out of please. retirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cut it out. <laughs> He'd be <laughs> lucky to get a million dollars at this point. Come mm-hmm. on, man. He's delusional. That's another problem. Is he's just delusional? Yeah. But real quick, I wanted to ask about Tank and if he was to fight a guy like uh, Tia Fomo Lopez. Who's the better fighter? He could fight at 135 tomorrow, I believe. Who Tia Fomo Lopez is better than Tank, right? Or do you think Tank would give it to him? Um. So here's my thing with, I'm not a big Tia Fomo guy. No? I think he's, um. I think it's crazy how like we, we kill Tank and the media rides on Tank for a bit of his resume and obviously his character and some of the things he does outside the ring, which is fair for that point. But his in-ring stuff, he gets he gets uh, talked about a lot. But I don't know how Tia Fimo at you know, became this overnight – well, I know how because Bob Orm is top rank. Bruce Trampler yeah. is the greatest matchmaker ever. Mm-hmm. And Bob Orm is the greatest promoter ever because they literally watched this man beat – a, a nobody, and then he did a front, uh, backflip in the ring and did some Fortnite dances. And Bob got on the mic and said he's gonna beat Lomachenko. And people was like, "Oh man, this is the Lomachenko stopper." And I was yeah. like, "Hold up, <laughs> I think that fight he's is premature." Yeah, I think that fight is premature. Like, if you really think Lopez what, like is a star, yeah, and if you think he's a star, why would you risk him going up against Lomachenko and losing and kind of dimming his light? I think that they need to wait on a, a fight like that. 
I think Tiafimo and uh are, and Tank are very much of the same same caliber. Mm. That would be a good fight. Just some of the other younger fighters. What do you think about this Ryan Garcia? Is he going to be the next Oscar De La Hoya? Tank is in trouble, man. This is where he getting in trouble. Who? Um, Tank? All this stuff he's not doing and working hard and not really putting his all into the sport. Some other boys are. So that was my knock on Ryan early on is that he's just a TikTok, Instagram, little pretty boy, social media Mm-hmm. Started, you know what I mean? He couldn't. He really couldn't fight that well to me early on. Then he switched up and went to uh, Eddie Reynoso, Canelo's team, mm-hmm. and they've. You saw what they did, Canelo. I mean, I I can't raise enough about how much of a transition he's made as a fighter. I was very curious to see if they could do the same thing with Ryan because you know there's a lot of trainers out here who have. They got one fighter. Like the Mayweather's had. Floyd, you weren't really that great. <laughs> right. You had Floyd. Uh, your, your favorite trainer, he had Andre Ward. He's not <laughs> he my favorite. <laughs> I can't stand that <laughs> motherfucker. Virgil Hill. Is his name Virgil? Is that his name Virgil yeah. Hill? Virgil Hunter. V- Virgil Hunter. Keisha Cole's father. Yeah. For those that don't know, he's he's never. You're right. He only helped one guy. Now everybody thinks that he can help yeah. him. He's never it's fought. A, it's a, it's a, lot of that that happens in boxing where these these trainers are riding one person's name so i, I thought that team was kind of riding canelo because canelo's talented but i'm looking at ryan garcia now and the biggest thing that he had was his head used to be so high it was out there for the taking mm. so if you counted him you you could i thought tank would knock his head off tiafimo went to stop him mm. Lomachenko would stop him now that head don't be up there no more he's slipping punches He's looking more and more like young Canelo, and mm. that's scary. Well, now they're talking about they're trying to hype up the Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia fight, which I think that's premature. Those yeah. guys, they need to build that up a lot more. They got to well, build that up. They deserve that because I think Devin's a bad man. Well, they said Devin was in the ring with Tank, and he, and he schooled him from the rumors I've heard when they yeah. sparred at the Mayweather gym or something yeah. like that. I heard Devin Haney made Tank look bad. So he's done that to a lot of fighters. So who, whenever that fight happens, who you got Ryan Garcia or, or Devin Haney? I'm taking, I got Devin overall in that, mm. in that, that whole pool. Mm. I'm going to I Vegas. Think, I'm putting think, my money down. <laughs> Do you even know these guys we talk about? Ron? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> 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 I think when Devin finally, catches Lomo and they give him to him, I think he's going to be too, he's going to be, he's already way bigger. So he's going to be long, fast, sharp, power in both hands. Like he's going to be a problem for Lomachenko. And I think he's just, he's he's better than Ryan Garcia. I think he's better, way better than Tiafimo. I think he already has the edge on, on tank. Mm. Um, you, you got him coined as the next one, is what it sounds like. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think we'll get to see a uh, the super fight that we once thought we were gonna see because Haney's body's pretty. Uh, you can already see how developed is is becoming. He, his dad actually said today that they're already thinking about going to one forty if nobody at one thirty five is gonna fight. I him. heard him say that. Um, yeah. So. That that looks. Prompt. I can't see him being around that too long. He gonna he gonna wait around for Lomachenko. If you don't get it, then he gonna move up. 
Ryan Garcia's body's gonna take him up there anyway, so they're not. They, they know that that's still down the line. Yeah, they give me um, that. I was really to wait that, one day. Yeah, I was hoping that Shakur would get in the mix, but his body isn't quite taking him there yet. He'll he'll be. I think he'll always be tailing behind. He might get a super fight with a catch weight one day. What's he at? One twenty six. He's yeah, but he's moving up to. He's trying to unify there and then move up to one thirty. Yeah, he needs to get to 130 quick. There's better names there. A lot better names yeah. there for him. Yeah. He's just trying to, you know, once you clear out your division, move up. So we're going to end this up. Who do you have as your best fighter pound for pound? And who do you look out there that people are sleeping on is underrated? Um, Best pound for pound fighter is... Um, if we disregard the uh, potential cheating, um, is Canelo. You think Canelo's cheating? I mean, he got caught twice. That was two failed tests, so. He has these excuses that it's in the meat or something like that. Yeah. You're not, you're not buying it. Um, I, I just, I really believe there's a lot of low-key cheating in, in boxing, so. Uh, when he said, I don't believe it at all. <laughs> I mean, boxing's always had cheating, one way or another. It's like baseball. Yeah. It's like baseball. It's too easy to find right. little ways to, to get an advantage. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's by hook, everybody cheats. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think he, I think he's got the, the, the resume to back it. He's sharp. He's um. And he's moved up you know, multiple, multiple weight divisions. classes right in the past yeah. year or two. So he's kind of, if you're talking about pound for pound, he's doing it, you know. Yeah, so you got to give him the, the respect. Um, a fighter that I think is slept on, my favorite fighter in boxing, Caleb Plant. I like Caleb Plant. 168. I like Caleb Plant. 168. I think Canelo also, they need to be careful because they tried to throw a quick contract at, at him to fight in May after he just fought last Last week, two weeks ago. They did the same thing with Kovalev. Um, he probably would have won the fight either yeah. way, but that seems to be their tactic now. You know? And they, but the, the the thing for me is, like, you, they picked Kovalev for a reason. You thought They thought shit was sweet, and it was. I think they, they think shit is sweet with Caleb, mm. and they're going to find out Caleb. Caleb can box, man. He's very skilled. He's impressive. He has a strong amateur pedigree. He, he got that dog in him. Like, I don't think Canelo really wants to just throw a, a risk out there like that. That that would be dumb. His girl is bad, too. I don't say that. Oh, yeah, she no, is. No disrespect, but she's tough. <laughs> 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 and the girl's like the pants. Better watch out. You know, you know what's funny? I, um, so I've been, I've been hip to Caleb for a long time. And obviously Jordan, because she's, you know, a PBC announcer. Mm. Um, I followed them both on Instagram. And one time I, like, we used to chat, like, me and Caleb, because, you know, he, he he's just now starting to get his name. So he responds and stuff. And I remember, like, she posted something. And I was like, I tagged him. I was like, man, you a lucky man. And he was like, you think I don't know that motherfucker? Don't worry about my He was using his jab on you, keeping you at bay. Yeah. <laughs> like, stay, <laughs> stay, stay where you at. You got to relax. I said, damn, all right, brother. <laughs> I don't blame him for being protective of that at all. At all. 
She's bad and she loves boxing. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Not too many. I've, had, to be so I've, I've told Terrence, I've had my my run ins with these fighters. I had Mosley on my ass once. Shane Mosley? Yeah, we got in a, a large Twitter spat. You were just going oh, on all Twitter, day. Okay. Over what? All day. And then and then I pulled up in Vegas, and he pulled up in Vegas for the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. And I, when I say I, I was like, man, please don't let me run into this, man. <laughs> Damn. It was like that? <laughs> Bro, it it was we was it was legit all day. All I said was he was, it was right around the time he was he was thinking about fighting Paulie Malignaggi, and I was like, okay. Um, he said he tweeted he was like, man, I'm a I'm a fuck Paulie in the ass. But that's how much I'm a I'm gonna beat his ass. Pause. And I was like, pause. <laughs> <Right. laughs> that's all I said. I said was pause, man. And he responded, and he was like. He said something about my profile picture. He was like, no way you tell him saying pause with them gay-ass pants. I was like, you really want to go there. So, and then it just went back and forth. And then his son chimed in. His girl at the time chimed in. I was like, dang, his fans was going in on me. I was like, yo, hold up. Y'all don't know me. Like, you could probably beat the son. You probably could get in the ring and beat the son. He 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 ain't got it. He's tried, but he could probably. <laughs> yeah, he tried. I can probably. That's hilarious. Damn, didn't know uh, some of these guys were as sensitive as they are. But shit, that is a pausable moment. What did you expect? If you didn't say it, somebody was going to say it. You know, somebody, fuck somebody yeah. in the ass is what. That's what I mean. <laughs> what did you expect? Ah, uh, but yeah, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to also let the people know that. Our guest today, the boxing insider, Jamal Henderson, has his own clothing brand, the Jammy brand, and he's doing uh, really dope clothes as well as an actual uh, a makeup line. You want to touch on that real quick? Let the people know what you're doing uh, out there? Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a lifestyle brand, you know. Um, everything's gender neutral. I don't really play too much into to labels. Um, it's, I, I design stuff for for those who like it, you know, I don't really play too much of the trends or anything like that. So mm-hmm. if you've seen my stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely different than what's on the market. Um, everything, a lot of the proceeds go to uh, different charitable causes and organizations um, that uh, either I'm passionate about or I've had run-ins and talks with people who are affected by certain things and I wanted to help support. Um, so that's what we're doing. I got... As Dan said, we one of the new things we broke off into is the makeup line, um, taking care of those folks who want to keep their fr- their face fresh and pretty. So we're gonna do more stuff there. Um, launched a uh, an esports team, Jamie Brand esports team. Um, esports so team. Can, I can post. I post <laughs> the streams. You can check out my boys as they stream. Play a lot of uh, Fortnite and. Uh, Hold on. UFC man. and NHL. <laughs> what are you? I don't play no video games. You I have an esports team now? I, I do. Um, what did I say earlier, Ross? I said it's the most amazing, the most phenomenal black man that ever lived. Sky Nigga, is every, with, 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 with every word, I'm in awe. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Go ahead, continue. Yeah, and, I didn't mean to uh, cut you off. That's pretty much it. I'm working with. I got another partner for another thing that I'm working on. I don't have a timetable for when it's when it's coming out, but 
big goal for me was getting into the uh, the interior decorating space. Mm. So I got some some jammy brand things coming out. I think the first thing that's going to be come out is going to be the uh, is, is a, a designer uh, rug to accent your living room or bedroom or whatever. But mm. there's there's some other furniture pieces coming out that I'm working on and. Um, well, yeah. as a guy that just bought his, uh, I just bought a, uh, uh, another brand new spot. So when you want to send over the prototype, um, <laughs> just let me know. I'll awesome. shoot you over the address, yeah. and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> and your uh, Instagram right. yeah. is uh, we at, out. your Instagram is at Jammy Brand, right? The Jammy Brand. What was it? How do you spell that? That's T H E J A M M Y. B R A N D at the Jamie brand. So check them out. I still yes, want, I still want that respect woman, the original one. It's like a runs like a gray flight jacket that has like the female bathroom signs to respect women. Yeah. It was dope. It was hard, but it sold out. Yeah. He, he can't hook me up with a, with a custom. They might, they might be making a comeback. I should, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, let me we know. Have, um, so I have um I don't know if you remember or know Javon Carter. He plays for the uh the Phoenix Suns. He uh he caught one and he okay. um he wore it to a Phoenix Suns event and it, it kinda went crazy and like my Instagram started blowing up. Oh wow. Um That's now all I it just, takes. I'm getting ready to send him and him and Kelly Oubre some stuff, so Oh I might yeah. end up bringing that back. That's dope. That's what's up. That's dope. That's what's up. Yeah. So yeah, when him, Kelly, and me get our stuff, we'll make sure that we post it with you. Get the most likes. I appreciate the love. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Always welcome to come Thanks back as me. our boxing insider. And either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on in the huddle. We'll see y'all next time. Well, let's get Peace. it on, right, though.